Well, when Carlos Corbran took over as West Brom manager, the Albion fans were hoping he would turn things around. I don't think they thought he would turn it around quite so quickly. Three wins on the bounce before the World Cup, followed up this evening by a superb second half. 2-1 comeback at Sunderland. And the Baggies, it looks like their season is well well underway and we're, we're in mid-December. But a 2-1 win tonight at Sunderland. My name's Johnny Drury. This is the Baggies broadcast brought to you tonight alongside Lewis Cox. I'm usually opposite a computer screen recording the Baggies broadcast with Coxie. Tonight we're in a, a Premier Inn in Sunderland. We were hoping to be recording it with a nice ice-cold beer after getting back from the stadium. And like, unfortunately, the bar is shut and we've had to make do with a, a Coxie cup of tea, which is very nice, I must say. Taste even sweeter, Lewis, after that superb Albion win. How are you, my friend? Just about thawed out from the cold? Very well, mate. A, a wild... Monday night slash Tuesday morning in, in Sunderland. A Sunderland Premier Inn on a Monday night has never tasted so sweet. Um, emphasis on the warm cup of tea because that was right up there in terms of cold cold games I've ever been to. And yeah, without timing or dating this too much, it's half past 12. So um, yeah, but the bar should be open. Come on, I thought these northern folk were supposed to be hardy. And, I know, you know The yeah. bar should be 24-7, really, so. shouldn't it? And we, need, you know, we needed somewhere to, to celebrate a fourth win on the spin. Um in, in in hindsight, we should have stopped at the at the petrol station for a, a four pack. Yeah, we? but um, would have tasted a bit better. But still, the brews needed. Still tasting good. And, still tasting uh, good. Yeah, I mean, you know, a toast to uh, like you say the turnaround and the run and a great night. And you know, the five six hundred, however many it was, Albion fans up here that it, we were joking on the way up, weren't we? That they were, uh, you know, they <laughs> they might need a bit of a a test of their, you know. Oh, well, wit to be to be making this yeah. Monday night trip, but obviously that's uh, that's that's as good as loyalty gets, isn't it? But well, they were they were rewarded in that second half, weren't they? Um, great away day, and uh, yeah, good memories. Certainly, certainly. There's a few Albion fans in our hotel, actually. I think a few of them did get last orders at the bar. <laughs> Lucky shots. Um, but never mind. We're going to bring you this special podcast um, recorded from Sunderland. We're going to go through it, well, just analyse tonight's victory, really. You might have seen our post-match video. We're going to go into to Albion's superb win against Tony Mowbray, Sunderland, in depth. We've got your questions to answer as well. And we'll have a nod forward to Rotherham on Saturday. Maybe West Brom can make it five wins on the spin. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. I'm just looking at the table now. I'll be up to the lofty heights of 17th yep. as well in the championship Top table. five places tonight. I know. Magnus game in hand as well. Game in hand next week, yeah. which looks like it's, it will go on now. We, well, it, it appears anyway, doesn't it, after Coventry's news uh, today, yesterday, on, on the stadium. So, yeah, I mean... Rotherham at home, Coventry away. Picture could look different, couldn't it? After that game and then. Yeah, it certainly looks different now. Anyway, and we're going to start with Sunderland and analysing that. We'll start from the very start. And we'll start with the selection, really, Lewis. We got to the stadium of light tonight. Um, we heard rumblings of, of Carl Bartley not being fit. We thought Shemi Ajayi might start. Mm. It turned out both of them missed out with what looks like minor knocks. Anything for, for Albion fans to be concerned about? Or, or are they sort of... Minor injuries? Happily not, by the sounds. Um, yeah, we would, yeah, they say little whispers and rumblings of a of a Bartley knock. I think it was picked up from the Spanish game, wasn't it, in in uh, in Costa Blanca against Elche that Bartley had picked up a little knock. And I think a few people watching the stream had saw him, whether it was limping or, or, or whatever it was. And as he's missed, he's missed out with a thigh, I believe it is. I'm going to double check that. But uh, but the Ajayi update certainly. Caught us cold, didn't it? I mean, I spoke to Carlos Corran in his, his first pre-match press conference for a good while on Friday. Asked, obviously, specifically about Ajayi and Daryl DK, given their 
their long-term absences and and he said both of them are, are fitting in contention and it turns out actually in training over the weekend since the press conference um Ajayi just awkward landing I think it was just a, a collision or an incident a bit of a freak one as um has hurt his shoulder now I think there were fears on that that it was a quite a, a bad damaging shoulder problem but fears seem to have eased I, I don't think it's it's as bad as was feared and um Carlos Corbin didn't seem too perturbed by it tonight, which which is, is good to hear because we were all looking forward to seeing him back in contention, weren't we? Um, you know, we didn't know whether he would play instead of Bartley, but obviously it turned out both were missing. Um, so a shoulder for for a J. We hope it's not obviously too serious because having having those two out um, for, for those next games, Rotherham and Coventry, as we mentioned, and maybe even Boxing Day, who knows, would be a blow, wouldn't it? I mean, obviously Eric Peters had to come in and play in the middle of defence tonight, which isn't exactly his natural role, is it? He you know, did, did an OK enough job, but yeah, shame. Picked up a knock himself as well by the look of him yeah, yeah. he came off. Yeah, Townsend limped off as well, didn't he, I think. Um, uh, but no, uh, Carl, uh, Corbin didn't didn't offer much on the uh, the players that, that sort of limped off tonight. We'll get an update on those later in the week. But uh, yeah, Alvin could do without. Just a shame, especially when it, it comes to a joy because he fought back from what? Three best part of three months, if not more, out with that ankle problem, and uh, and obviously the way Carl Bartley was going, he was absolutely flying, wasn't he? Yeah. Nomination for Player of the Month, and then has to sit, uh, has to sit a couple out. So that was a shame, but yeah, a bit, a bit of changes, wasn't it? And obviously the Grady Dean Garner illness meant he wasn't involved. Uh, yeah, so we're a couple of surprises in the Albion side, and obviously maybe went into the the game, you know, nothing against Peters, but. Perhaps with a, a com- confidence a little yeah. bit dented, maybe just not having, not having the natural players available. Yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? Another one who wasn't in the squad tonight was Jake Livermore. Um, what's the sort of the details around that, Lewis, in terms of his um, exclusion from the squad tonight, or yesterday? Should I say yeah, yeah. it was twelve? Bart- Bartley was a thigh, by the way. I've just double checked that. Um, yeah, so Jake Livermore wasn't uh, wasn't wasn't injured. He, d- he didn't have a knock. It was just decided in terms of of the matchday squad that. Because of those defenders missing, um, Martin Kelly would have a place on the bench with obviously Adam Reach, who can play the fullback roles, um, just instead of an extra midfielder like Livermore, because the defensive cover in Kelly was needed, wasn't it? Given that uh, that Peters was having to fill in and and so on, I think um, I think Livermore might have played in the other twenty ones game in the PL Cup but at the Hawthorns was was postponed Monday, wasn't it? That was that was due to go ahead. I think Livermore could have been involved there because he didn't travel. But um, obviously that, that didn't take place. And uh, yeah, Carlin Grant, another one as well, he was on the bench um, at the Stadium of Light and he fought back from it on us as well. Dal DK, of course, had a bit of a, a sniffle, a bit of flu last week and, and had to miss out that, that Burnley friendly behind closed doors. So, you know, good to, for those to have sort of battled through the illness. Obviously, a lot of that going on in these freezing conditions, isn't mm-hmm. there? And, and obviously for DK to come on and have that impact, unbelievable. Just... The whole, I mean, we'll get onto it clearly, but great script tonight. Like, couldn't have, no one wants to go go down, go down, but you couldn't have written it any better, really, could you, with the, the guys that scored? Yeah, we'll certainly be waxing lyrical about DK later in the podcast. Um, we'll start and talk about the the game. The first period, Lewis, you know, I made an observation to you after probably about five or ten minutes, where I thought Albion looked sharp, as sharper than I've seen them, you know, the last time I saw Albion live was was Blackpool. Missed a couple of games before the World Corbin's Cup. Corbin's first win. Yeah, Corbin's first win. Um, but overall, in the first half, as a whole, Albion were a little bit sluggish, a little bit off the pace. 
whether it was Sunderland, that and the more, you know, the weather, the crowd, you don't really know. But, you know, probably lucky to be in, even though Sunderland didn't have an awful lot of chances, probably lucky to be in one down. Pritchard yeah. had a really good chance, didn't he? A great safe, well, top safe in Palmer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going into the break at half time, one down, you know, poor penalty given away from Connor Tangs. I thought I had a really tough evening at the stadium, I like. Um, it didn't look good at half time, did it? No, a little no, bit of that optimism no. from the three game pre World Cup winning run that just, just waned a little bit. By yeah, the break. We, we were all a bit, a little bit deflated at half time, weren't we? And I, I said at the break, I, I didn't for a second expect Albion to be rip roaring after this four week World Cup break. Of course, the head coaches had time with them to work on his ideas, and but that doesn't you know, when you've had a month off of, of competitive action. We don't know, do you? you? don't know how a team's going to return. It feels a bit like the start of a new season. I mean, you factor in long travel, awful conditions. You factor in that Sunderland had their game already, there, of course, which they uh, which they won 3-0 against Millwall, Tony Mowbray's side, which puts them in, in good stead for this evening, doesn't it? And I can't say I was too surprised that Albion were on the back foot and that Sunderland were the better side. I expected Albion to give a little bit more early on than, than they did. I, I, they were poorer than I thought they would they would be. Um, and at half-time, we were speaking, weren't we, about how this response would be. They need a response. Um, Carlos Corbin needs to inspire something. They need a spark, be it just an upturning performance or, or the substitutes. In the end, they got both, I thought. Right, right away in the second half, they were better. The existing 11 that started the game before the subs even came on, either side of the hour. So it, it was improvement in the second from the off in the second half. But you're right to shout out Alex Palmer's save from from Pritchard mm-hmm. at 1-0 because if Pritchard scores that, and that, that was a minute or two after the first goal, I think if, if it goes 2-0, it's a long way back, isn't it? And I think Alvin are then scrapping to draw at best. I think you're struggling to win from 2-0 down. Leave yourself too much to do so. Yeah, um, not a good first period. And they, they just looked... Um, it looked like Albion back... Of a, Albion of a couple of months ago, perhaps, the sort yeah. of end of... Of, Certainly of going Bruce forward, one sluggish and, and just yeah. like off the pace and, and not not doing anything with the second balls, being second to everything. Yeah, they they, they were not how um, how we've seen them as a successful Corbyn side so far. Yeah, one I, I would say that, but one observation I made in the first period, Albin come under a lot of pressure, but they were throwing bodies in front of the ball, they were scrapping and defending, which is something that you know maybe we didn't see an awful lot you know certainly I would have said maybe under Steve Bruce earlier in the season or, or certainly end of last season it might have been a, a game where Albion might have conceded that second goal before half time and then it becomes a real uphill struggle there was that even though there wasn't that attacking prowess in the first half there was that grit a little bit where they didn't give Sunderland loads of chances it was dug just their heels that, in. yeah yeah dug their heels into it I guess ensure that it got no worse I suppose is is the good thing that you can say they made blocks when they had to but again we're indebted to the keeper obviously to keep it at 1-0 and uh, I think I said five minutes before the break just need to get in here one yeah. one, one down here and, and regroup reorganise which is exactly what they did I mean I think I'm not sure if you've, you've got this in your notes Johnny for us to talk about but one of the things we actually noticed by what 15-20 half an hour in certainly was playing it out from from Palmer in the back wasn't it that uh, which it looks like being the first game back that that's something that's been worked on in in this break and yeah. that's something that Corbin wants to bring to to the game yeah. at times it worked at times it didn't and at, at times it worked well at times and Alvin got in good positions yeah but obviously it always is that risk reward there's 
element there's going to be times where they, they lose it in that's in, the in stamp isn't it that, that's isn't the it? stamp it's almost like prior, prior prior to the world cup you know right off Sheffield United but in them three games you know I only watch highlights of the Stoke and, and QPR game but certainly Blackpool it was even if Albion maybe play the prettiest stuff it's about getting results whereas now Corbrand's had that time to sort of stamp his authority I suppose and his style on on his Albion squad in the last three or four weeks and and we saw maybe not the fruits of that in the first half but we saw that coming through didn't we play yeah. at times yeah, yeah, yeah. at times it put the fear his of God influence. into me and Albion yeah. did lose the ball yeah. in some dangerous areas but that's the way he's going to play yeah I think I do remember from the four games of of Corbin's before the break that it was happening I, I noticed um, I, I know you were on it a couple of them Johnny but I noticed it ha- it's it beginning to happen in, yeah. in games you know the, the goal kick wasn't always being launched they were looking to play it when they could um, but certainly saw a lot more of it tonight and I think it's something we're, we're going to become accustomed to under Corbyn um, Carlos Ball <laughs> yeah. Val Ball Val Ball yeah 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 Carlos Ball mm-hmm. but Carlos I think Ball. Encouraging in in a bad first half, which was a bad first half, it still worked well at times and and got Albin into a couple of their good positions when when they played it well. Yeah. And it's obviously something that the uh, the head coach that believes in part of his part of his game. Um, so I look forward to seeing how they can develop it. Really, they've obviously got the confidence to be to be doing it. It's obviously an instruction. You can't overdo it, can you? You can't you can't keep it. I mean, you look at like a Russell Martin Swansea. They the, the way they play from the back is uh, is extreme, isn't it? Absolutely extreme. But yeah, we we you're right. We saw a print of uh, a bit of what Corbran wants to bring to the side and how he wants to make them play. Yeah, we certainly saw that second second half. A little bit well, different, what completely different Albion really. Um, did Corbran sort of give anything away in his press conference about sort of the halftime team talk? I imagine there was probably some choice words said to sort of kick Albion into gear, kick up the backside, you know, go up the gears, because they did do that yeah. in the second half. Yeah, yeah. And, well, <laughs> he's a tactician and coach, but, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't know this, but I would be pretty confident to say he can still... Dish it out. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying hairdryer treatment, you know, he's not going to, uh, I'm going to take the hairdryer from although the they did, in. Although, and, as we were uh, referenced, they did... Uh, Watch the Alex Ferguson documentary. Yes, in, uh, yeah, yeah. In, so in perhaps, break, he, perhaps he was inspired by Fergie's. Uh, hope, yeah. hope he wasn't kicking boots across the. Uh, but like he, the, we know he's like you can you can look at him on the in the dugout and we can see him in press conferences and and the passion and he when a question gets him going he can really become quite animated in a you know in, a, in an interesting way so I'd I'd love to see how he delivers that in in a halftime team talk and I imagine he I imagine it could have been an animated one tonight because. He or last night, however you want to say it, because he he did say after the game, didn't he, that oh, we were miles off at first half. We were we were clearly second best. Sunderland were better from minute one to forty five in in every department, and he, he knew it was well below the levels. And credit to him, like I said earlier, the response from the off in the second period was good. I remember a couple of minutes in thinking they look a bit sharper here. They're they're having more confidence with the ball going forward. They've got into better positions. They've got it into the Sunderland box a bit more. It just felt a bit better. The, the first half was few and far between, weren't there? A couple of Wallace crosses. That's it. But the second half seemed a bit more a bit more zip about it, a bit more belief in what they were how they were playing it. And uh yeah, within obviously the the changes came either side of the hour, as I said, before the goals. And uh God, the, the changes certainly played a huge part, didn't they? Because 
they were they were central to as well as Wallace central to the goals. Yeah, well, the first change that made a, a real difference was just short of the hour mark. Rogic on for Malumbi. Um, I've been a bit bit critical of Rogic prior to the World Cup. I thought he didn't look fit. Um, a little bit when like when Yukushlu came in, you know, he's a player who's coming without a preseason. Um, but my God, he was class when he come come in tonight. Yeah. Um, even prior to his goal, he was making things tick, and he just looked a he looked a different different player to pre World Cup, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think I think we saw. I'm not going to say at his best, but probably Tom Rogic somewhere near his best. I can't say I'm someone who would have um, seen him make many appearances for Celtic, um, but comes in as a fanfare. Celtic fans still love him. This international caps, these number of appearances and goals um, for the hoops, and yeah, we we hadn't saw it, had we? But I think I think we always gave it the caveat of it's clearly not fit, fit, and you you could see that. But you were just worrying, I guess, whether he would be able to get fit, whether he'd be able to have the match minutes to, to reach it or even the training. But I think the World Cup break has done Tom Rogic, on the evidence of tonight, wonders. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, funnily enough, I asked Corbran on Friday before the game, obviously, um, what of Rogic in this break and, you know, can he be a key player for the rest of the season? And, and the head coach went along with it, to be honest. He said, you know, it was a massive period for Rogic. I didn't get to use those quotes. And obviously now they've been usurped after the uh, after the amazing goal <laughs> and cameo. But uh, but there we go. So um, he, was, he was class, wasn't he? He came on within a couple of minutes. He was having that shot from distance that was tipped over with a flying yeah. save. I mean, their, their keeper was very busy second half, I have to say. But he was, he was knitting it around, knitting it together. Um, yeah, he, he was really impressive, and he looked like a different player physically as well as his, you know, passing and technical Sharper, ability. He? he looked, yeah, looked much sharper. Does he challenge? He's that in that ten role, isn't he? Sort of floats about. Does he challenge John? Yeah, United, um, you know, moving forward. Yeah, I mean that's the idea, isn't it? Um, you want to have competition in all positions, and Albin haven't had that this season. Um, I don't think he, I don't think he can just play a ten. I think I think if you got him fitting up to full speed, there's a potentially can play an eight role and and show an engine to his game. I'm not saying by any means he's a defensive midfielder, but just you know, if you have to if if, if you needed to play him and Swift yeah. together, I think you, you possibly could. And that would be very interest interesting. I, I seem to remember Steve Bruce talking about the potential of that. Um Rogic and, and Swift playing together and Swift's been better of late, hasn't yeah. he? T- taking in the the break um out of the equation. He has been better in the wins under Corbren and sort of come to the fore. He, he was he was okay tonight. I don't I don't think he was as good as he had been in, in previous games. And Rogic is, has stepped right up, hasn't he? He's he's now putting the heat on, and he'll be pushing for a start. We just need to see him now. And I don't. He could start Saturday, couldn't he? By, by all means, but if mm. he doesn't, we need to see him come on against Rotherham, have a similar impact, and push for that start. And when he gets that start, we need to see him have a really good hour. Yeah. And hopefully um, maintain the fitness level, improve the fitness levels, and. Uh, show show more of that quality and I, I suppose ditto DK really um, but yeah he looked he looked a class act didn't he we, we heard when he signed on that free transfer that there was a lot of excitement around the club mm. at his capture and you can see why with his CV you he was one of them why. as well I remember when we were looking at when Albion saw well we never I don't think we'll ever know what truly happened on transfer deadline day and I'm not going to say bodged transfer deadline day because we don't know what happened but when it, that did happen, when them two transfers fell through and Albion were going to be scouring the free agent market, if you just went online and Googled free agents available at the moment, Rogic was one that was top of the list all the time. You look at this guy, he's got international caps. He's got 
a lot of Champions League appearances, you know, titles, you know, albeit in Scotland, people have got views of Scottish football, but you still got to win titles and win trophies. Um, and he's he can hopefully show that now. Just on other, so he came on in the 58th minute, and then six six minutes later, Corbran goes and makes a triple substitution, brings on Adam Reach, Taylor Garda Hickman, and Daryl DK, who we've all wanted to see. And just before you wax lyrical about DK, Gardner Hickman, and for me, Reach as well, all three of them substitutes, all four of them substitutes made an impact. Yeah. Absolutely. Even Reach. Thought Reach yeah, did yeah. really well, got yeah. caught a couple of times, but he did well. Gardner Hickman as well, coming on, we'll, we'll talk about him just at the end of the Sunderland chat. But then DK as well, he came on, someone tweeted, and I'm not going to read it verbatim because there's a swear word in it, but <laughs> every time DK sprinted, I was worried. And I think Albion fans were a little bit, you know, <laughs> find yourself every, every, every time DK sprinted, they needed a trip to the loo. Trip to the air. Yeah. yeah. yeah Make yeah, that yeah. what you will. I think we got it. Yeah. yeah. Um, we get the picture. Um, but he came on, he put himself about, I think in the, one of the first minutes, first minutes he was on the pitch, he spun a defender and the defender caught his leg and you just, I can, you can sort of feel good in the press box. Gets a holding his hand in. Yeah. Yeah. But he was just, so, well, aside from his goal, such a presence up there. You know, I thought Brandon Thomas Asante ran his socks off for Albion tonight. You know, he played a really mm. lone role up there and was a little bit isolated in the first half. But DK come on and he just, in those early minutes of him being on the pitch, he showed what Daryl DK's all about, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And and just before I forget to say, he spoke as well after the game, didn't he, DK? And spoke quite openly and honestly about, um, just about how that injury, you know, the two injuries, sorry, the two muscle injuries have just, you know, affected him, affected him mentally. He yeah. was quite positive about it, but says obviously, he, you know, he said he never, th- he thought it was something he never would have to, suffer from really and, and no. come back from and said how you know it might be in the back of your mind something happening again it's but, gonna but, be but, isn't but, it the fact that you've got paid to tribute to the medical injuries. team yeah. and and by the way obviously um we'll get on to dr julian with us and obviously later and and the tragic circumstances there but the whole medical team including um dr jules would have played a, a huge role in 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 dk's rehab and recovery and he praised the team for for putting confidence in him to be able to handle the Obviously, the physicality around it. And Carlos Corbran's talked quite openly about how Albion need to manage DK on the tra- in the training ground and, and in games in terms of his minutes and stuff as, as he comes back and hopefully get him back to his, his sort of physical peak. But, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, we're all still, despite the fact he's nearly been at the club 12 months, we're all still learning about him, I think. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and what, what he's like as a as a player, what he is, what he can bring. Now, he has an obvious physical profile and we've seen from the goal. He, he's uh, uh, he's just an absolute, I, I don't know, a, a animal, animal, in, an animal in the air. Yeah, in the air. That, that's what I mean, like the way he attacked that cross and the way he held off a defender to, to tee it up for Rogic's goal. By the way, we've just spoke about Rogic and not talked about his goal, which is a, uh, uh, which is a scandal, Caught to really. one in the morning, um, the head's a bit fuzzy. Well, that's true, but what a goal, <laughs> by the way. What a goal, the absolute technique. We were comparing it to Ronaldinho Chelsea, weren't we, in the yeah. early noughties at Stamford Bridge. But, um, yeah, unbelievable goal. But on DK, the way he attacked that. Um, but you're right, he's, he's all-round play, the way he sort of held off defenders, the way he... By the way, when, when Albion got 2-1 up, the way he ran with it to the corner flag, held off challenges to win a, win a foul and buy up time, but... Yeah, he's he's gonna give you know nothing against Thomas Asante, who's you know, we're all I think big fans of what yeah. what he's bought since he got to the club, and obviously Grant's another option, but 
but what DK can can bring is is such a different dimension and hopefully from from what we've seen tonight him available at you know from my nearest best and showing what he can do can take the take the club up take the squad and team up a couple of gears can't it? and and hopefully um bully defenders all season mm. we, we we said didn't we uh, Wallace and DK could be an absolutely dynamic deadly partnership Wallace crosses and you've got and someone there now who can get on the end of, you know the, you yeah. look at the, I'd love to see the stats the amount of crosses that Wallace has put into really dangerous areas he, DK jumped 72 a game yeah. he did he did he did it a couple of times in the first half Wallace where Asante almost got on the end of a couple of really mm. really dangerous crosses across that front of the box but that could be the difference between Albion now having a, a really successful season you know and we've got a question about what represents a successful season for Albion now on the back of these four wins. But you yeah, know, we can't, we can't a, get a carried fit, away with we DK, can. can we? But we, a fit I mean, Wallace can. and a fit DK, you know. And also the option you've now got options up front. Carl and Grant didn't come off the bench tonight. And we know that some Albion fans are sort of on the fence or, or, or not big fans of Grant, but he has scored goals for Albion. And you've got Asante there who was obviously going to chip in with goals, you know, scored that spectacular one against Stoke, and you've got DK all of a sudden. You've got a few options there where Albion are just, just looking sharper up there, and you and it must be a boost for Wallace knowing that he's not yeah, just yeah. crossing it in yeah. there, hoping someone's going to get on the end of it. Yeah, I mean pre pre World Cup break, pre DK return, we saw Phillips up front a couple of times, didn't yeah. we? And I'm not I'm not knocking that because he's, he's a little got, bit off it tonight. Uh, yeah. Last night, Phillips. Well, I mean he, st- he started up front when they won at QPR, so I'm not yeah. I'm not knocking it entirely. Um, but clearly he's not a centre forward, and and. Just yeah, he, he was hit and miss tonight, wasn't he? At, probably at best, Phillips. But just on a, on a bit of a separate point, you you know the options there, and uh, it wouldn't be a big surprise. And we'd probably expect Corbran to look at centre forwards in Jan, wouldn't mm. we? I'd I'd say just as maybe a yeah. fourth option because maybe a loan clubs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Loan market clubs tend to go with four, don't they? Yeah. To, regardless of how many they start up front, you tend to see four strikers, centre forwards. So that wouldn't surprise me at all, especially with you know managing DK and. Thomas Asante stepping up and things like that. And Grant's had a couple of knocks. So, yeah, depth. It's all about that, isn't it? And they still don't have it in every every yeah. area, every position, sorry. But um, we're starting to see a bit more of it, like we mentioned with Rogic. And uh, and midfield as well. You know, we're about to get on to Gardner-Hickman. Um, Just finally on DK. That, yeah. you know, he's already... He scored one goal for... He scored his first goal for Albion, the first competitive goal for Albion this evening. And he's already sort of a bit of a cult here. Here, I don't. Maybe that's a bit too far. But he's so loved among the fan base. You know, comes across as this really warm character. You know, we saw the videos of him joking about using dishwasher tablets to clean his clothes and stuff, and and little videos online. And it's just, it's a lovely story, isn't it? The fact that he's had so many setbacks, and you know, some Albion fan, you know, Twitter brigade more than anything, have sort of written DK off, and you know. So some fans comparing him to sort of people like Victor Anachebe and people who picked up injuries and you know writing him off. But I'm just so chuffed for him. Yeah, I mean he's on the 22 back as well, which yeah. is unbelievable. Frightening. Isn't it? Yeah, you, you really do forget his age. You yeah. really do. Um, and obviously, you know the price tag, seven million pounds, which is nothing to do with him. That's not his fault. Adds expectation, doesn't it? And, and pressure. Um, it couldn't have gone much worse for him so far, could it? It really couldn't. But what we've seen tonight, what what we heard of the interview, which we're obviously going to bring online, um, expressstar.com and, and with the paper as well, 
Good words. He, he comes across as someone with a, a strong positive mentality. And, and he does in those videos online, as you say, that fans love. And he's got a personality, hasn't he, I think? And, and that's why I think fans have probably warmed to him, despite not being able to feature. Still mm -hmm. so much hope and, and, dare we say, expectation for him. But, yeah, I think, I think goodwill for him, wanting him to do well. Because I think we all know and understand that he's he suffered. Yeah, you know, we, we know how bad he must feel about it. Yeah, we, you know, there are some supporters who get to the point of thinking, well, yeah, uh, it, is his body, is, is he physically up for it yeah. because of these muscle problems? But but there were two separate injuries and, and hopefully he is and hopefully he'll prove that he is by being able to go, you know, free of those kind of injuries. And, and yeah, I think should that happen and he can stay free of them, I think he'll certainly, you know, should, should he keep um, rising to head home like he did tonight yeah. last night oh, he'll certainly um, force cult hero status before long I would think yeah I certainly think so one more final sort of analytical point um, Albion fan made the point after about it to be fair I didn't see an awful lot of turning down Ritma's performance I had to go down about 15 minutes before the end to get down to the Albion end given where our seats were in the stadium were like. um, but Taylor Gardner came off the bench probably considered himself unlucky to be out of the team in the last few games but Showed his maturity and class again, didn't he? Such a good range of passing. And I thought Malumbi was a little bit yeah. off it tonight, yeah. you know, and that's you know, Gardner in his performance probably puts another question in Corbrand's head for Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoy watching Gardner Hickman with the ball. Um, the technique on his, on his passes is um, probably for this level, second to none. His crossfield pings, 40, 50, 60 plus yard passes are very good and there's a couple in the game coming on on tonight in the 20 minutes half hour he played that you know really make you sit up and take note of that that technique he possesses so so yeah i i probably agree about malumbi i mean they both they both played well before the break um malumbi was really good at qpr and deserved the stoke game i think and did well again there so it was no surprise for me in in an away game in horrible conditions like sunderland yeah. it was no surprise to, for me to see Malumbi continued, but weren't quite to his levels, was he? Was he tonight? And um, but Gordon Hickman, obviously, we remember the the caretaker period where he got the goal at Reading, started playing really well, didn't he? Um, and, and and deserves to be playing at the moment as well, yeah. alongside Yakuza, who was very good again tonight, wasn't he? The Turk just continues to to step it up. Had to drop in at the back later on, didn't he? When they versatile as many reshuffled as well, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right in in Gardner Hickman and and Malumbi, bit of horses for courses really. They're they're different players, aren't they? With different skill sets, obviously. Mm. Gardner Hickman's passing range is in a different category to Malumbi's short and long passing, but Malumbi's engine and energy is better than Gardner Hickman's. They're they're, they're different type of midfielders. Um, but yeah, it's it's a nice option to have to be able to utilise them for different games and situations. Yeah, no, very, very good indeed. And a very good night for Albion. Probably my favourite night covering Albion, I'd say. Favourite yeah, result covering Yeah, it was very good. Yeah, very, very, yeah, I'm sure the away fans you went to speak to enjoyed it. Yeah. They certainly Despite did. Despite what, what minus. Certainly did indeed. Although, when I stepped outside the ground, I left on eight, I want to leave on 80 or 85. It was like three degrees. It felt like three degrees colder outside the ground than it did inside. We weren't actually too bad up in the golds, were we? Well, it was minus four, but the felt like was definitely... Definitely had to be pushing minus yeah. ten. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was grim. Yeah, it was indeed. Um, just a, a final word on on this evening, leading into the game. Uh, West Brom 
everyone at West Brom suffered the, the tragic news over the weekend that Dr. Julian Woodinson had, had sadly died. Um, Albion's club doctor. Um, we know he was very, very close with a lot of the Albion players and the backroom staff. And um, I don't know if Albion fans probably saw after the game, Jed Wallace and Daryl DK were talking to Sky Sports and Jed Wallace made a very touching tribute, dedicated the win to um, the, do- the, the doc, as he called him. Um and was sort of visibly very emotional about it, so it shows how sort of hard that's hit Albion. I thought it was a class touch from Wallace and, and a nod to the, the, the victims of the sad, solid old tragedy that we've heard about in the in the last few days and, and the last few hours, really. Um, just on Wallace, Lewis, you know, in terms of just collectively, last season, you know, Albion's Albion squad and players got, you know, accused of sort of not, not caring at times, really. Um, but I think that's a lot different at the moment. I think Wallace leads a lot of that. He, yeah. He's got such personality and character, and, and and there are other characters in that team, of course there are. We've heard Corbrand talk an awful lot about Kyle Bartley coming back in and and sort of his his mentality and character around the dressing room. But someone like Wallace, we saw saw different sides of it. Obviously tonight, you know, lovely touch. The fact that he's playing well as well. Um, and then you saw the other side of it, for example, when he went back to Millwall and his celebration in front of the Millwall fans <laughs> as well. It's just it's bringing that human side to to the game, which sometimes we don't we don't see. Yeah, I think from from what we see in interviews and how he conducts himself on the pitch and stuff, I think it's impossible um, impossible to not like Wallace, isn't he? he? Comes across as a totally genuine fella. Um, speaks so well, represents the club so well. That was such a classy sort of poignant, heartfelt interview, wasn't it? And, and great, great to hear. Um, very touching. We know, obviously, the, the very sad passing of the, the club doc, Jules, um, hit everybody very hard. Um, really difficult, emotional time for the club. So we saw them dedicate Carlos Corbran too, didn't he? You know, he's obviously only known the club doctor, what, six weeks or, or something like that. So um, saw him dedicate, in, in many ways, the performance and result to him tonight. And, I mentioned on on someone like DK who would have had so much treatment um, for for him to sort of pop up with, with the winner um, is really touching actually and uh, and yeah and w- without giving too much away with uh, with quotes that we've got sort of coming up in the next day or two sort of asked uh, Carlos Corbran about you know how a win from behind like that and and coming back for for confidence and belief to to fight back and show that spirit can. Can um, can help the group, and it touch it. It mixes in with how the players rallied around DK when he scored, things like that. And and he was very, spoke very highly and positively about the humans he has at the club and the group he inherited, and how they are as people, um, which we wouldn't always automatically think, would we? And uh, I think I think Corbyn's being genuinely honest there, and and speaking really from his heart there. So that's that's quite telling, perhaps. You know, perhaps we're seeing a group under a new head coach obviously going well and in the right direction. Perhaps we're seeing them come together, you know, more and sort of stronger and tighter than ever. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, condolences to uh, to Julian Winnerton's family, thoughts with everyone at the Express and Star. Right, time for it might be nearly one o'clock on a I'm Tuesday. flagging Johnny on a Tuesday morning. Yeah, I'm flagging indeed. We've got some questions for you after um, an advert from our very kind sponsor, the Kettle and Toaster Man. Um, the graded product specialist um, who's got all your appliances, kitchen, various different things the Kettle and Toaster Man's got, not just Kettle and Toasters. Um, at the moment, we all know we're in this very cold, cold snap. Um, it's quite warm in this hotel room, but it's absolutely freezing outside. Um, but if you fancy getting something that's going to warm you up, 
this uh, this winter, this festive period, you can get your hands on a Morphe Richards all night heated under blanket, and it's a double one for just twelve pound. Um, so if you're keen on one of them, keep yourself warm during this winter. Lewis, have you got a, you got a heated blanket at home? Well, I know one of, a member of the Albion media team. I'm not going to divulge the name. Had a heated gilet on tonight. Very jealous. Mm. Indeed. Although I was pretty toasty. I had about eight layers on. As I've pointed out on Twitter from the pitch that you've put of me scraping your car window, I look the size of a house. But it is because I have about eight layers on. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I think I think the kettle and toast man have sorted out um, your Christmas present to me there, mate. I think that sounds spot on. Yeah, Very affordable as well, affordable by the way. Affordable as well, twelve quid. Yeah, so I, I don't have one. I've not really ever used one, but I'm. I'm very tempted by that. I'll make sure I give it to Santa and make sure he stops uh, stops at your house in Telford over Christmas. But as always, thank you very much for the Kettle and Toaster Man for uh, their support of the Baggies broadcast. Right, time for some questions. We've got a few. We had a few in pre-match. We had a few in post-match. We're going to rattle through them, talk briefly about Rotherham, and then I am going to bed because it is nearly one o'clock on a Tuesday morning. Uh, Lee Armstrong with a question. What would be considered a success for CC and his team this season. Uh, Lewis, you know, we're looking at it now. Albion are what? I've just li- had a, literally had a little glance on the table. I'm up to 17th now. Uh, 26 points. Dizzying height. Um, eight points off the playoffs with a game in hand. Can't believe we're talking about that after a bad the start to the season. Well, Albion were the bottom three heading into to, to mm. yesterday's game. Um, what would be considered a success now? I think just in a nutshell, I- in a nutshell, I think the playoffs. To be honest, yeah. I don't. Th- I don't think anything outside the top six yeah. you can you can really say is a success. All right, factor in the caveat of the starting point under yeah. Corbran, which was second bottom and then dropped to bottom. Yeah, well, but if you look at it on Saturday, you know, if Albion, if Albion went on Saturday, they go to twenty nine points. That which could take could them. potentially take them within five or six points of the playoffs. Yeah. And then obviously then they got the a game in hand against Coventry on Tuesday. Yeah. You know, not Premier. If Albion go and win that, don't Wednesday. go on Tuesday. Wednesday, sorry. If Albion then go win that, you know, they're, they're going to have Oh, they'll be points. looking in the top half, you would yeah. think. I mean, obviously, they have to go and win these yeah. games, don't they? But and, and that's why I say that would constitute success because without getting too giddy, carried away and happy-clappy, it's, um, it's on, isn't it? It's, it, it? If they continue form, it's doable yeah. quite easily because the gap isn't huge. So that, that's, why I, that's why I would say that, yeah. And, and obviously... The club need to be up there, don't they? Yeah. For for many reasons, in getting back to the top flight, yeah. for the, the finances, they they need to be pushing for promotion, challenging. Of course, they do indeed. Um, next question, Chris Adams. Any more news on the twenty five mil loan for January transfers? I personally hope we don't do this. It's too big of a risk. Um, that was a story emerged probably about a month, six weeks ago now in the national press that Albion potentially going to be taking out a twenty five million pound loan to fund January transfers. Uh, I don't think we know an awful lot more on it, Lewis, but I think no, Chris Adams is right in terms of it. You know, yeah. I agree with it being a risk and whether it's actually needed. Well, I'm looking forward to obviously being able to have a chance to kind of ask those those kind of things when we get the opportunity. Definitely, um, I'd, I'd agree with that. Obviously, before that, before January, we're talking. We've got the the loan repayment deadline from from Gucci and Lai, haven't we? Um, coming up in December. The 30th, Any nod on that? Yeah, we're still waiting. Well, no, um, no nod, unfortunately, and we've just got Albion as a, not as a club, but certainly as a fan base, have got have got to be hopeful of the best, haven't they? And I think, given just, the past, though, you can only be hopeful at the moment, can't you? You know, yeah, it's hope. We can't that, be expect. We no. can't be expecting, can we? Which is which is a sad state of affairs, really. Um, 
but just hope for the best. And look, I think when it comes to the window, um, and when Carlos Corbin took the job, particularly considering where the team were, he would have had assurances about recruitment and getting his players in. I'm, I'm pretty confident of that. Um, I don't think the success of these four wins in a row would have changed that. You clearly still have profiles you want, players he wants, and I'm pretty sure when it comes to loans and maybe some small fees and hopefully moving players out that aren't quite required on wages, um, there'll be room to manoeuvre. Yeah. I, I, I like, you know, you made a good point there, is it needed, you know, a, a figure of that fee to, to make funds available? I mean, how, how much is needed in January, do we think, in terms of the squad? Yeah, I mean, if, you, you if, would argue... And if there is any truth in it, when's the last time a Championship team went and spent £25 million in January? Yeah. I mean, Do you know what we, I mean? Yeah, the, the £25 million doesn't automatically mean that's all going to be no, available for, no, no. for obviously fees, is it? And and, and that wouldn't be. But, um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think... I don't know, but it would, would be nice to think that some work could be done and shuffling around to, to make something available to for, for Corbrand to work and buy and loan smartly. Players, he knows contacts. You know, he he knows Wheeler the European market. Wheeler and well, dealing. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows? Don't say um, that to him in an interview. He might react like Harry Redknapp. Wheeler, we, called the Wheeler dealer. <laughs> I'd be interested to know if Wheeler <laughs> dealer was in Corbrand's sort of lexicon. Yeah, I don't. Know. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, but it's 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 going to be certainly very interesting to to watch it unfold over the next what are we under two weeks till Christmas, isn't it? So yeah. the next two or three weeks. Um, it will be interesting indeed. Richard Downing, this was a question pre-Sunderland. Um, we'll ask the question now, what's the coldest you've been at a football ground? I think tonight could be the night. I'm not going to say tonight, although when I went outside to speak to fans, it was freezing and I got back up to the press box, which was a good four and a half thousand steps probably <laughs> up, up the stadium of light and my hands did feel like they were going to drop off. But my, um, the coldest I've ever been at a ground, and I can't remember what it was, but it was at Shrewsbury and it actually involved Sunderland. It was on a cold... Oh, yeah. Winter's night yeah, yeah. in God knows how long. I almost froze. Yeah, that was froze yeah, solid I was, uh, that night. That but bad, I was prepared tonight, as I said on Twitter, a good six to eight layers, plus long johns, plus snood. I did. I was going to go t- double snood tonight, but I just um, went the one snood. Although I have, Albion fans might have noticed on videos, I've just started wearing glasses, and my snood, snood under the nose didn't work because the glasses steamed up and I couldn't see the game. Um, but yeah, managed to keep pretty warm tonight. What's the coldest you've ever been in the ground? Is tonight up there or...? It's up there, yeah. I, I'm unashamed to say I've been known to wear more layers than your six to eight. And uh, I remember one of my sort of top two or three was an FA Cup replay at Bradford City Valley Parade. Any Albion fans listening, I, I'm sure a few will have been there. That's, that's a cold ground. And I went on a... God, what, what round replay would it have been? I don't know, second, second round replay, say, which would be November. I went there on a Thursday night. Thursday night in Bradford, and God, I wore a lot of layers, and it, it didn't do much for me. Um, the other one, um, Alvin fans remember, or, or listeners will remember a few years ago, the, the beast from the east, the, the chill over from wherever in the world that came from. Um, I was at Scunthorpe's. So, uh, Gladden, 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 Gladden,
So that didn't go well. And then I had to drive home, the, the two and a half hours home, and, and the motorway was just covered in snow, and there was incidents left, right, and centre. Um, that was that was cold. That was a grim one. So the, those are up there. And, and I put this right there too. Um, I think we had good shelter at the top of the, the main Sunderland. stand at Sunderland, didn't we, last night? But, God, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it was chilly. But we, we, we soldiered on, didn't we, to, to bring the listeners coverage of a... Of a superb night, so uh, yeah, we, the, we can't complain too much. We did. I think the full belly of Christmas dinner before the game certainly helped as well. Yeah, yeah. Just that reference is a question from Beaudley Baggy. And, t- and tomorrow's breakfast. Yeah, too. tomorrow's breakfast indeed. Beaudley Baggy, no joke, Johnny. Where's the away day food picture promised? I'm sorry, mate. I'm just so greedy that when I get to grinds, I just eat straight away and then I forget to take a photo. But I'll try and uh, I'll try and ping you a few in the next few games. Um, two more questions. One from Clint McCormick, um, regular listener to the pod. He apparently he sent me a picture, Clint, from the away end. Wore some lucky glasses tonight in the away oh, yeah. end that he's going to be he's going to wear again um, at, the, at the upcoming game. Do you ever think how lucky we are that we consider Sunderland a trek being bang in the middle of the country? So many clubs have much longer away days regularly. Do you often? Uh, do you know how often the players fly to games due to distance? Just on that first one, we were actually talking about that in the car on the way back from the ground to the the hotel when you like think. If you're covering yeah. Norwich, if you always support Norwich or Plymouth or Exeter or or Sunderland yeah. and Newcastle, and you've got to go to the other end of the country. So we are, yeah, we are pretty lucky in terms of flying. I don't, I can't imagine Albion fly to, to many games. Well, to many games championship wise. I, um, I think I think it happens in the top flight. Doesn't in the it? top flight, yeah, it certainly yeah, will. Yeah, certainly. Um, rather than, I think they'd rather fly than what a, a three-hour motorway journey. I think. Yeah. I think if you know even a. A Birmingham, London. I think they'd rather fly, wouldn't mm-hmm. they? Or a, certainly like a London, Manchester or Liverpool. Yeah. So uh, yeah, they can obviously afford to do it. Not 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 great for the old world pollution, is it? But we don't, we don't want to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we don't get po- we don't get political on the baggage broadcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. They should all be in their Tesla, shouldn't they? Um, <laughs> Tesla bus. Yeah. We're flying yeah. Tesla bus. Break down halfway to the game. Yeah. Run down electricity. Yeah. Um, no, no. Yeah. Top flight clubs would, would fly, but uh, no, Albion wouldn't, would they? Final question, all Albion fans. Lots of decisions to be made by Corbran after players off the bench scoring and TGH playing well. Um, the left-back position too. So sim- so simply, what would your starting line-up and bench be for Saturday and would it differ oh. for Coventry from what we know now? I thought I was hoping this was going to be a simple question for the well, last I question. Think, I think but... it's hard to say for Cov, but yeah. we can do Rotherham. Yeah, no, well, let's just focus maybe on the left-back position. You know, Connor Townsend had a bit of a rotten night. Um, you know, he has had good, good, good spells and good games. He was caught out for the. It was a definite penalty, wasn't yeah, it? And, yeah. and he was hooked. Um, whether he was injured or not, I'm not too sure. But Adam Reach came on, and you know Albion's utility man, who you know has seen chances limited. But I thought he did very well going forward. You know, he got to some good areas, and it wouldn't surprise me if he starts on Saturday. If Corbrand's going to mix it up, whether that might be yeah. a position, I'm not sure. Then you've got if you've got a centre half coming back in, you've got Eric Peters. Could this is it. Peters is a, is 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 um, I'd certainly <coughs> be very comfortable if yeah to see Eric Peters start a left back. He yeah. had good games there, hasn't he? Obviously, his natural role. Um, Adam Reach uh, joked to a uh, one of our Albion press box friends earlier, didn't I? That, well, not joked, but sort of you know what is Adam Reach's position? He has many natural positions, doesn't he? Really, um, Mister Versatile. If, if Adam Reach on Adam Reach on Football Manager. Is 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 one of those greens in several roles type player, isn't he? That can yeah. that can not you know not play everywhere, but play certainly many roles, and and he can play left back, and he did it well tonight, as you say. Um, 
But yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Peters there, to be honest. I'd, I'd, not that he did poorly at centre-half, but I'd like to see Peters at left-back, certainly. Um, Tanz had a rough night, didn't he? He's had better nights of late, better games of late before the break, but he's he's had his struggles at times this season. So maybe it's one of those where he needs taken out of the, the limelight, the firing line for a little, you know, a, a game or two to, to hopefully come back in and respond, which he's done recently. That that could work. And another one, it's another one of those strength and depth and competition for places, isn't it? To have, you know, hopefully, ideally, the centre-half, one or two of the centre-halves can come back available. Yeah. So Peters becomes a really viable option at left-back. No, it'll be interesting to uh, to see. Baggies fans, thank you very much for your question. And, 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 and I'd start TGH on Saturday at home to Rotherham, definitely. I think that's a game yeah. where you'd have Gardner Hickman in the midfield rather than Malumbi. I suppose a home game where you're going to get on the front foot and try yeah. and, you know, Albion are going to be fair. Yeah. yeah, Albion fans, as always, thank you very much for your questions. For those who have made the trip tonight, I'm sure some of you are still travelling home, so it's safe. Uh, this, well, this is, we're going to put this out on there. On Tuesday morning, well, it is Tuesday morning now, but <laughs> later on on Tuesday, so you'll... Uh, be listening to this well after it's recorded but I uh, hope you have a safe trip back just going to um, before we just have a little nod towards Rotherham and, and wrap up the pod um, just scrolling through Twitter I've seen an Albion um, stat here it took Steve Bruce 17 games for Albion to win 400 management it's taken Carlos 5 that's wow. a damning indictment isn't it? Yeah, 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 we yeah. were saying before in the press box if you're Steve Bruce watching that on telly tonight and you've seen Daryl DK banging in the head of Getting on the end of a general <laughs> cross, you are frustrated. Well, you? we actually said that before it happened, didn't we? Yeah. Which was pretty unbelievable, really. But um, yeah, that's that's the second crazy start of the evening I, I remember because um, the one from Sky, wasn't it? That uh, I think Albion have failed in in their previous twenty eight games where they've fallen behind to to turn it around and win. It's the first time they've come back from a goal down, a deficit to win in twenty eight attempts, which. Which is very telling, I would say. They've, they've not had that mentality and spirit, belief to fight yeah. back, and and it was there in space tonight. Happily, so yeah. Hopefully, the start of, of things to come in that regard. Yeah, hopefully, I'll watch the uh, Alex Ferguson documentary again before yeah, Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, every night, inspire, watch it every night. Inspire them. Um, just a little bit of news. Lewis referenced it earlier in the podcast. Just a little bit of news. Um, the Albion's trip to Coventry on the twenty first of December was uh, maybe not massive. Well, not. In doubt, but it was well. Yeah, it probably was in doubt because up Coventry had not well up in the air. Yeah, because Coventry's um, stadium situation has been taken over by Mike Ashley's group, the Fraser Group, who um, served them with an eviction notice last week. And we heard while we were at Sunderland, you may have seen on the Express and Star website that Coventry have struck a deal now to stay at their their stadium till the end of the season. So that game looks now like it will 100% go ahead on the 21st. But before that, and just to wrap up the podcast, we're back at the Hawthorns on. Saturday, the first um, first game at at home since the the World Cup break. Rotherham are the visitors. Um, Lewis, can I help you make it five on the spin? Can't believe I'm even saying that. <laughs> calm down, calm down. I know. Uh, I think so. Uh, I don't see any reason why not. It's a, it's a different test to some of these wins. It's it's certainly a different test to Sunderland away, QPR away. It's probably a different test to Stoke at home. Maybe more akin to Blackpool at home, perhaps. That's yeah. a, it's a bit of a generalisation there, but... but yeah, Albion are in a better shape than they were. Yeah, yeah. I just... Rotherham of a newly you know, newly promoted side. I'd have to look at their recent form and how they are um, generally and availability-wise, but uh, Rotherham will come and be delighted with a point at the Hawthorns, wouldn't they, with Albion's recent form. So I think it will be one of these with Albion on the front foot, tasked to, to break down the Miller's back line, but... 
you got to back them at the minute, haven't you? I think. Um, I have four wins on three wins on the spin was rare. Four wins is even rarer, and five is uh, well, we're into we're into Uncharted very rare. Territory. Well, not quite, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's great to see, isn't it? And if Albion yeah. went on Saturday, all of us locals will be scouring through the the results of recent years Absolutely. to find the last time yeah, we yeah. won five and, on the spin. And uh, you can't look too far forward, can we? But there's already clearly a lot on that Cov game, isn't yeah. there? Um, just just it being a game in hand to, to catch up, you really want to make that count and boost your position in the table. And yeah, I mean, the Albion fans have 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 had it delivered to them before, you know, for, for Christmas, haven't they? They've they've had the turnaround in form, and it, it was so crucial tonight, last night tonight, that um, that it continued post break, that it it didn't let the the four week period without a game derail the momentum and the form and the sort of feel-good factor and yeah it looked bleak at half-time didn't it and but Albion had to win in a different way they had to show a different sort of strength and spirit and, and belief and they really did that and I think it's I think it's absolutely key and I think it could be massive for belief that not only can they win from behind but they can have players come from the bench and change a game and inspire a, a comeback victory so I think it could be massive tonight in Sunderland could be massive in more ways than one I think yeah it could be a result that we look back on in uh, in May time and uh, and remember very fondly Baggies fans thank you as always for listening uh, I'm knackered now I'm going to bed uh, too much excitement for, for one evening too much excitement in the last four games for Albion fans things have really turned around under Carlos Corbrand and aside from the result real football is back and it's good it's good to be back as well. Baggies fans, as always, thank you very much for listening. Um, we'll see you at the Hawthorns on Saturday. And for the Baggies broadcast from me and Lewis, until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.